Leadership on the Rocks listeners, you are the absolute best. You're the ones going above and beyond to grow yourself as a leader. Your organization will give you the title, the pay, and the people, but they don't necessarily equip you to lead. But here you are, putting in the time and effort to grow as a leader. And I applaud you because that's what essential leaders do. They're never done learning and growing. If you'd like to take your leadership to the next level through online courses, personalized coaching, or corporate training, then go to my website, leadershipontherocks.com, and choose your growth plan. You could also have a 30-minute free discovery call with me. I'd love to meet you and hear all about your leadership journey. So again, go to leadershipontherocks.com and choose your growth plan or schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me. Let's keep listening and keep spreading the word about this podcast, and I hope to work with you soon. So again, just go to leadershipontherocks.com and choose your plan for continued growth in your leadership. Now back to the show. I can't believe that we've reached the end of season two of the Leadership on the Rocks podcast. Two seasons of lessons learned, stories shared, and continued work to grow our leadership skills together. In the day-to-day busyness and minutia, or as I like to say, the sand elements of life, we can often forget to focus on our priorities, but this podcast helps us to continue putting in the work of building our life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. So as this year and this season comes to a close, I think it's important to reflect on what we've learned as leaders from our time together. Just like I love a good recap at the end of an episode, and you know I do, I've pulled clips from several episodes from season two so we can have an end of the year recap on what we've learned as leaders. I hope you enjoy these highlights as much as I have, and I'll see you again in season three of the Leadership on the Rocks podcast. God bless. Season two of the Leadership on the Rocks podcast started off with a bang by learning how to start smart. Take a listen. I know most of you listening have heard of the concept of setting smart goals, goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And I 100% agree with setting smart goals, but sometimes we struggle to set the right smart goal. And too often we choose a band-aid goal when what we need is a corrective surgery goal. In other words, why set a SMART goal for how to use crutches so you can limp into the next business quarter when you can set a SMART goal for corrective surgery that can have you running into the next business quarter? So let's talk about how to start, or S-T-A-R-T, so you can ensure that you're setting the right SMART goal. Now in the acronym of START, the S is for symptoms. What are the symptoms that you're currently experiencing? The T stands for true aim, or what do you really want? And the A stands for assess. Assess the root causes of those symptoms and the gaps keeping you from your true aim. And the R stands for retain, remove, and resolve in order to define your strategy. And the T stands for tackle. Get ready to tackle that SMART goal. By first taking time to reflect on how you can start, you will have a much higher percentage of actually accomplishing your SMART goal. In episode 32, Success in Life, Not Just Leadership, we talked about what it means to have success in our life as a whole and not just in our careers or our New Year's resolutions. We talked about learning lessons. 
And so take a listen to the six lessons that I've learned. Let me just go ahead and state the obvious. Time is finite. And time goes by fast. Life and leadership is such a fast-paced, up-and-down roller coaster ride that we often just grip our seats with white knuckles, holding on for dear life, and before we know it, decades of our life are behind us. Now, I have long been in search for how to get off that speeding roller coaster, not so I can stop the movement forward in my life and those seasons that I look forward to, but it's so I can be more fully present in the moment. I don't want to miss it. To experience joy and harmony in each relationship that I have with my husband, my kids, my friends, and yes, the people I work with, and to enjoy each situation I experience and to learn the lessons from them. Now, as I travel on my own journey of being fully present in my life and those that I encounter, so far I've had at least, well, I've had tons, but I'm just going to share today at least six very humbling lessons that I've learned that are opening my eyes, ears, heart, and hands to being present in the moment, to serving others, and yes, to having harmony, peace, joy, and success in my personal life and leadership. So I have six lessons that I've learned that I want to share with you to help you be more present, more present in the moment, and not just present in your career, but a more present leader in your life. So here are the six lessons. Lesson one, I've learned to pray first. Lesson two, I've learned to zoom out. Lesson three, I've learned, and this is a big one for me, don't be legalistic. Lesson four, I've learned to develop mantras. Lesson five, I've learned to share without shame. And lesson six, I've learned how to put on the lens of gratitude. Now, internalizing these six lessons have helped me greatly. I just can't even tell you the joy it's brought to my life to see my life in a whole new perspective. But it's also going to help you be intentional in being present and making progress in every area of your life. So now my question or challenge really to you is, what lessons are you learning in your life and leadership? In your own journey through life and leadership, What are you going through? What are you living out? What hard things have you gone through and what have you learned from them? And are you learning the lesson? Are you applying the lesson to the next situation? And are you applying those lessons and sharing those lessons with other people in your lives, new leaders to support them along their journey? So my prayer for you is this, that God pours out his infinite wisdom and opens your eyes to learning not only the lessons that you're living through, but the lessons that others are living through. Do you love movies as much as I do? I mean, I really love all of these memorable quotes. I love A League of Their Own when Tom Hanks is saying, there's no crying in baseball. He's trying to get the concept of baseball is a tough sport. We don't show all of this emotion. You know, and then of course, there's also the godfather of, I'm gonna make him an offer. He can't refuse. You know, forgive my bad accent there, but the whole point is the Godfather has power. (laughs) Now, there is power in quotes, in mantras, in these powerful phrases that help us know what's going on and help us to remember what's most important. So in episode 33, we talk about the power of mantras.
Now let's talk about the power of mantras and how they can provide clarity for our goals or the culture within our organization. Now, I want to remind you again of the physiological fact that our brains love simplicity. But y'all, we have made our work procedures and environments too dang complicated. With our 10 core values, our 50-step processes, and our 100-page manual of standard operating procedures, our brains are constantly overloaded and honestly set up for failure from the get-go. And when we have stakeholders constantly blaming each other on why the goals aren't met and the culture sucks... (laughs) So listen to me, leaders. You've got to simplify the goal and you've got to simplify the expectations of the culture. Enter the power of mantras. Build your goals and expectations and then develop an easy to remember mantra to help your team or your employees remember those big principle concepts. By creating easy to repeat mantras, you're not only creating reminders for yourself, but for your team. And it also becomes a battle cry to stay focused on what matters most, right? Your essential rocks when the chaos surrounds you and the chaos will always surround you. Now, I tend to have a mantra for the multiple facets of my work and (laughs) no, I didn't create most of these. I borrowed them again from people way smarter than me. So for example, the mantra, don't tell myself a story. I say that in my head when I'm working with a difficult stakeholder or when I'm having a disagreement with my husband, or like I said, whenever I'm talking to my kids. (laughs) I use the phrase, rocks before sand, to remind me to focus on my essential rocks or my priorities over all of the day-to-day details or concerns that constantly beckon for my attention. Now, some other mantras that I love are culture over strategy. Another mantra that I have is, and it comes from Craig Groeschel, and it's GETMO, G-E-T-M-O, good enough to move on. Now, there is so much power in developing mantras or those easy-to-remember phrases for your life and leadership. It helps you with your mental health and your internal self-talk. It helps you with your relationships and communication, and it helps you with providing clarity of what your goals really are, and what the culture really is that you want to build within your family and your organization. So now I want to challenge you. Do you have mantras that you live and work by? If not, I challenge you right now to create them. (laughs) Create them so you can remind yourself of what's important. So you don't get stuck in a spiral of thoughts, but you stay focused on what really matters. In episode 36... We talk about how busy you are. I mean, that's probably the understatement of the year. Am I right? You are busy and you have a massive to-do list. But in episode 36, we actually talk about how to create a don't-do list that's going to help you shed all of that stress and expectation of things that don't really matter. Take a listen. You've got to go forwards to go back. (laughs) You know, sometimes we do have to do the opposite of what we think to go where we actually want to go. Now, a don't-do list is just as it sounds. It's a list of things we're not going to do. Seriously, have you ever thought about having a don't-do list? In our personal and professional lives, we always make a list of all the things we have to do, and that list can get really long. But sometimes, taking the opposite approach to the tasks gives us freedom. 
freedom to release the extra pressure and the stress that we otherwise automatically add to ourselves. So why don't we make a list of here's what we're not going to do. I mean, just making a don't do list for the sake of our mental health can be a sweet release of pressure. Our mental health don't do list could include something like, here's what I'm not going to do. Sweat the small stuff. Here's what I'm not going to do. Let other people dictate my mood. Here's what I'm not going to do. Compare my life to the life of others. Here's another thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to try to control the monkeys when it ain't my circus. (laughs) So I'm just saying those are four kind of generic ones of here's what I'm not going to do kind of mental health statements that we can make in our minds. And it'll just when we declare them and say them as kind of mantras, our body relaxes just a little bit. Just giving ourselves permission to not do something makes us feel a little more free, mentally speaking. It releases the building pressure that we feel growing inside of our heads. So now it's your turn. What is your don't do list going to say? I encourage you to leave this shorty episode with inspiration to reflect on and make declarations about what you're not going to do in the various aspects of your life. And that way, you can stand firm in your values of what you don't do and not feel sorry or guilty about it. In episode 37, we talk about finding harmony between our work lives and our lives at home. And Lord knows we all need that. So let's take a listen at how we need to stop chasing balance and perfection and control and validation and all the other things that we chase and instead grasp onto and find harmony. Oh man, (laughs) I have to admit that sometimes I live out the definition of insanity by trying to get different results in a specific area of my life (laughs) by continuing to do the same darn things over and over and over again. And that's insane. You know, sometimes I keep chasing perfection. I keep chasing balance. In fact, I'm finding out that I have a habit of chasing the blank, with the blank being anything that I'm looking to or in or for. You know, if I only had blank, then my life would feel balanced. If I only had blank, then it would feel perfect. Y'all, we are losing pieces of ourselves while we're chasing the blank of our lives. Now, some of you listening may be saying, yeah, I don't chase perfection, Bethany, because I know it's not possible. Okay, you know, good for you. But are you spending your life chasing control? Are you spending your life chasing validation from others? Ouch, those two always get me. Control and validation. So if we know that perfection and balance aren't possible, then are we ever going to find that inner peace and contentment in our work and our life? I truly believe the answer is yes, absolutely. But we've got to stop seeking balance. Instead, we need to train our minds to seek harmony. So we developed a Leadership on the Rocks definition of harmony, which is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. Let me say that again. Harmony is finding beauty and joy in the imperfect present, and along the path of progress. When we look at the secret of finding harmony, I want to leave you with this thought. 
there's really no secret. Each of us have to learn to find the beauty and joy in the imperfect present and along the path of progress. Harmony is not a feeling that we chase. It's a state of mind that we learn through our experiences. And harmony can be nurtured or killed because of our head or our mindset. It can be nurtured or killed because of our heart and the way that we have relationships with others. It can be nurtured or killed by our hands and how we execute. And it can definitely be nurtured or killed by our guts or lack of the accountability. And if you think about these four areas for your life and your work, I want to encourage you. As you think about the various ways that you can apply what you've learned, your brain is probably going to turn all this stuff into a massive to-do list in your head. And to-do lists in and of themselves, as we learned in our previous episode, can really overwhelm you. So here's a few pieces of advice I really want you to consider as you think about the application of the four areas in developing harmony. First, I just want you to think about the spirit of the strategy or the big picture of the areas, right? The head, the heart, the hands, and the guts. Just think of what that really means, big picture-wise. Now, second, I want you to know that the ideas or any specific tactics that you come up with are just possible actions. There's no perfect input to get a perfect output. There's no perfect plan. So all of the things that you think you want to do in those areas to grow and progress Just know that it's going to be a lesson in progress. You've got to have flexibility. You've got to have interchangeable actions and continue to grow. And again, third, start small and stay consistent. You've got to celebrate those small wins. Again, focus on that progress over perfection. Beginning in episode 39, you can tell I make a transition with the podcast. I begin interviewing amazingly smart people who are going to help us grow in our leadership. So I would love to rewind and recap with some of the best highlights of those interviews. Enjoy. Episode 39, How to Get Unstuck with Michael Stinnett. You have a really cool title. You are the Unstuck Coach. (laughs) So I really want to know where you see leaders get stuck and how do you help them get unstuck? So when it comes to leaders, we are so, depending on the type of leader that, that, that I am or the way that I'm feeling in that moment, it's really easy for me to miss the obvious pieces because all I can see is the goal. And sometimes the goal is way down the road and it keeps me from seeing the next step or it keeps me from seeing that thing that's right in front of me that is in my way from actually accomplishing the goal. And going back to that whole idea of being stuck, we often get stuck by the beliefs that we have because our beliefs determine our behaviors. And if I believe these negative things, I let them seek down into my soul and I behave in ways that don't help me see the positives. Episode 40, How to Persevere with Donna Snow. And I think what's the most instructive for leaders in Joseph's story is that Joseph never asked to be a slave. He never asked to be in prison, but those were the places where God grew his gifts. Mm -hmm. I mean, at 17 years old, as a son of a farmer or sheep herder, you know, he did not have the gifts to run Egypt. And so in those hard times is when he learned the skills. What is your advice for leaders that feel like they're in the deepest, darkest places right now? They're in like that pit that Joseph experienced of, I can't take it. I'm, I'm God, why am I here? What is your message of encouragement for them? 
Well, like Joseph, uh, we can choose to whine or we can choose to leverage our God-given gifts to keep working at whatever he's put before us, you know, and I, I never, the closest Joseph ever got to whining was when he was in prison and he asked the cupbearer to remember him to Pharaoh. That was it. Over 20 years, that was it. But in the meantime, Joseph leveraged his gifts just to keep working, just to keep blessing. And what I love about his story is both Potiphar and the captain of the prison guard saw God in him just by his actions. And that is huge because we can choose in business to run over people or be a blessing. And God is going to bless one and condemn the other. Episode 41. How to Accelerate Your Impact with Lyle Wells. We have to realize as leaders, our job is to identify problems and solutions. And we have to stop being surprised. When I was a high school principal, it was amazing to me how much energy my teachers wasted being surprised by things that weren't all that surprising, right? There's There's drama on the cheerleading team. Wait a minute, we have 37 15-year-old girls and they can't get along? Who saw that coming? Everybody else saw that coming. And so there's this power in what I call compounding behaviors. So, you know, today is is a Tuesday. It's Tough Tuesday. And so um, one of the challenges on Tough Tuesday um, is address an issue um, that you've thought more than once about. Um, You know, challenge somebody that... Um, might be underperforming or an attitude that you're a little bit concerned about. So, you know, is doing that once going to change the culture of your family or your organization? No, but there's power in the compounding behaviors. If I deal with the one thing, the one attitude, the one performance issue, the one um, underperformer, Every single Tuesday, if I have one conversation, that means I'm having 50 a year. Episode 43, Understanding Servant Leadership with Morgan Crum. As you're giving out, how do you make sure that your cup doesn't become empty? If you're pouring out, like I want everybody to visualize in their head, I have a pitcher and that's me. And as a leader, right, you're serving other people. So you're pouring out of yourself. But how do you make sure that your pitcher doesn't become, you know, empty as you're filling other people? I think that when you're able to see the God in other people, um, you're able to be blessed by that you by your interactions with them. Like you were just saying, you know, that perspective shift of saying like that used to really bother me, but now I see that what you're doing has value, and and you can actually receive that value. You know, you can be blessed by that, and your cup can be filled by things that used to take away from your cup. Episode 45, Stewardship and Health with Michelle Spadafora. You know, I would start with even just saying that comment of that the workplace is full of stress because the workplace is full of circumstances and situations. It's our interpretation of those that can cause stress or not stress. That's that's what You're I would say. I'm mind with that one. That one's deep. I need you to say that one again. I have to hear these I, like big truths again. Yeah, I think we have to understand that the world, the workplace, our homes, everywhere we go, they're full of situations and circumstances. They're not necessarily full of stress. It's our interpretation of those that cause us the stress. 
the other thing that's so important is that really plays into your physical health because often we can't work out and we can't eat healthy because of these circumstances and situations. And we feel that we are kind of a victim of the things out here that are going around us. And if we believe we have no power or control to overcome those, and that's the reason we're not exercising and eating healthy, we're trapped. But when we start to say, yeah, these things are happening, but now I can still choose this. Episode 46, Collaboration with Adults with Alyssa Crabtree. Dealing with junior high students is often a lot like dealing with adults and trying to manage emotions and manage sometimes egos and pride. And so it is a, it's an art to be able to bring all adults together and get them to collaborate. But unfortunately, what often happens is we throw adults together and we're like, okay, you're adults, you can do this without any training, any guidance. And we know what happens. Uh, Oftentimes collaborative teams, there's either a ton of conflict or there's just not a lot of productivity. Episode 49. The must-have advice you need from human resources with Dr. Jamie Bone. What advice can you give us on how to step into those hard conversations? Yeah, so the first thing I would tell you um, is to try and separate yourself from from any kind of emotional attachment, which may sound like the opposite of what you want to do in a, you know, in a leadership role. You do want to have empathy and sympathy and all of those things, but you've got to separate the personal side of it. Um, in other words, you're not there. People get upset when mm-hmm. you're going to deliver bad news and no matter how kindly and, and with how much dignity you try to leave them with, um, people don't want to hear bad news. And so, um, you know, their response sometimes can, can be personal and you have to try and separate yourself from that, that you stick to the facts. The next piece of advice is to listen, you know, I think that's probably the hardest quality that a leader has to develop is to close your mouth and listen, because we're all used to when, when you have those Mm -hmm. innate leadership abilities, then it's, it's just, at least in my nature, it's in my nature to like, stand up, let's get things done. I've got, you know, I need everyone to do these things. And, and, uh, (laughs) and really, it's really important to, to close your mouth and listen, because sometimes what you think is happening is not what's happening. It doesn't change the policy or procedure that you need them to follow, but it might give you a better understanding of why these things are happening and what you can do to help support them to help them be successful. Cause that's your job as a leader is to help your employees be successful. It's not just to, you know, make everybody toe the line. What can you do to help your employees be successful? That only benefits you because if when your company's, when your employee is successful, your company's going to be successful. Yeah. Episode number 50, how to manage stress and prevent burnout with Dr. Naomi Hall. What's causing all this stress in our workplace? I think there's so many things. I think one major issue is boundaries and Mm. not establishing healthy boundaries. I think sometimes there's this thought that boundaries can be unkind or harsh. And I talk about this a lot in my trainings and with my clients Uh, boundaries are actually very healthy and they're very kind and loving when we communicate what our boundaries are. And I think sometimes we feel like in the workplace, we always have to say yes, because we want to perform. We want to advance. We want to be viewed favorably, 
but that's not healthy in any way to just always say yes. Because when we say yes to something, we're also saying no to something. So we have to make sure, and I can't remember who says this, but we have to choose our best yes. Episode 51, Finding Joy in the Chaos of Leadership with Season Bowers. How can we find joy amongst all of that chaos as a leader so that we can then be the light of showing what joy looks like in the chaos? Yeah, that's why um, it's so important to have core values. It's so important to understand, you know, who you are as a leader, what you're called to do, because so many people will disqualify themselves and say, oh, I'm I'm not, you know, a leader or but I'm not the leader of the organization. But we are all um, called to lead ourselves well and then lead others well. And it really begins because the pushback I get a lot is, but there's a, the leadership is a burden. The burden of leadership is real. And I go, right. But have we read the words of Jesus where he says, exchange my heavy, your heavy yoke for mine that is easy and light. He's not saying that what you're called to is easy, but yes, deal with the thing that I have given you to deal with. And then let's exchange the yoke, bring your burdens that budget that won't balance, that person that you need to fire, bring the the difficulty of the fact that you are running a company and paying for all these people's livelihood and their families, bring that to me. Exchange your burden for my strategy, for my empowerment, for my supernatural ability to change things. We exchange that burden so we can then go through and recognize it's not in my strength. It's in the Lord's strength. He's invited me to grab a hold of what he wants to empower me with so I can then lead other people. Episode 52, How to Balance Trust and Accountability with Dr. Andrew Tempty. And that's where trust breaks down. And you can't hold anybody accountable for anything because nobody knows what's going on. So smooth workflows, well-defined goals, transparency within an organization, that's what creates the conditions with which we can hold people accountable. And then trust is what follows. You can't walk into a team or an organization and say, okay, we're going to throw a bunch of bean bags today and do some trust falls and you're <laughs> going to, and, and we're going to do some Myers Briggs and everybody's mm-hmm. going to know how everybody else ticks and you're going to trust each other after this. Yeah. And doesn't work that way. No. Episode 54, A Coach Approach in Leadership with Julie Pierce. Another great, powerful question to ask that Jesus asked is, what do you want? Now, here's here's why I say this is important is because when someone comes in with all this stuff, we um, immediately jump to, well, let me just fix that for you or let me decide that for you or let me do this, mm-hmm. right? But when we ask them, what, hey, well, what do you think? And then we ask, hey, so what do you want? It helps them get real clear on, hey, this is the outcome. This is Mm -hmm. the goal. This is really what I'm hoping for will happen in this situation, in this decision with this product launch. And so asking that, hey, so what do you want really helps us. But another habit we have to develop as a coaching leader is giving consistent feedback. I mean, think about it. You talked about sports coaches, right? You would never see the coach of your favorite football team, wait until three weeks later after the game to say, hey, you know the third play of the second quarter when you missed the tackle 
here's what I think happened. You'd never see that happen. Like, so true. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Right. And yet we do that in leadership all the time. Oh, well, I don't really have time to talk to them about that today, but on their performance review, I'll yes. bring it up. And it's mid-year like, and annual reviews is when we let it all out and it's are, too late to fix it. It's too late. It's like, are you <laughs> kidding me right now? What kind of coaching is that? That's not coaching. That's like way later criticism that is not beneficial or helpful for growth. Because again, a coaching leader is all about bringing out the best in those we lead. Wow. Such wisdom has been shared by leaders that have been there and done that. You know, it's going through the situation, through the experience, and learning the lesson that gives such wisdom. Cultural anthropologist Mary Catherine Bateson once said, We are not what we know, but what we are willing to learn. And you, like many of our guests on the show, are constantly learning how to lead others well. Will you make mistakes in leadership? Sure, everybody does. But it's not your mistakes that make or break you. It's your willingness to take ownership and learn the lesson from them. Leaders continue to learn. And those of you listening, you are leaders. Thank you all for an amazing season two of the Leadership on the Rocks podcast. And until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. <laughs>